we'll get going and uh yeah we'll just kind of go all over the map i assume we've, we've reached a point where we have an overload <laughs> which is nice it's 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 nice to have an overload after the oh. way we were dealing with uh nothing <laughs> for so long but you know uh all right here we go gonna take it Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. And he's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman. And as we were just saying, we've got a little bit of an overload now. It's it's a little bit different, Bob, than where we were at two months ago when we were scrambling to come up with anything to talk about. Uh, well, we, one of the things that you were able to do, Mr. Goodman, was to produce some interesting guests for us. And yesterday, two of our guests, two of the Ryan Goodman podcast all-stars, right, went off, they right? They did. And together, together. Duncan Robinson and Pat Connaughton combined to shoot 12 for 16 on threes. Connaughton, uh, Robinson had 24 points leading the Heat, and Connaughton 15 with the, with the Bucks. And, with, of course, it's such a perfect sign of the times and, and of, of, of who they are. They took no twos between them. <laughs> it I was, think we need, Bob, I uh, think if they play each other in the next series – I think we need to get them for a return appearance together, and you can make fun of them for taking no twos. Well, I'll offer a $5 bill the first one that makes it two. I think Pat wins that. I think Pat has a better shot than Duncan of hitting a two. Um, seriously, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's, you know we, I've been keeping my eye on them closely ever since, you know, they were our guests. And, uh, but it has an extraordinary performance, particularly by Robinson. Uh, he he, he goes off been, his first his his story. I mean, we, we we obviously kind of went through it when he was on the pod, but his story is just so amazing, <laughs> and it's so much fun to watch now because we. I think I asked him the question about confidence, right? Mm-hmm. How much confidence? And and he said it's taken time, and he's still working with it um, mentally a lot. Um, and and man, <laughs> now when he gets that ball, he does, It's almost like Spo will yell at him if he doesn't shoot it, and he's got any space now. He made one. Uh, semi-outrageous yeah. <laughs> spinning you know throwing it up there what the hell swish you know but uh, it was it was fun so anyway that's a series that's not the highlight series there's uh, that uh, that's face it Miami and, and and Indiana are playing for friends and family right now you know I mean they're not the marquee you know we got to get our turn our attention uh to the marquee series uh you know let's start in the east yep. uh, with Pat Connaughton's team after a very desultory opening game uh, in which skeptics such as myself, you know, we've had this discussion many times the last three months. I kept saying to you, I don't see how they're that good. I don't see how they were 53 and 12. I know who he is. He's pretty damn good. But who's everybody else? And he was pretty damn good yesterday. Again, 28 and 20 for, for Giannis. Okay. But all right. So I know their defensive metrics were there. I know they were a good defense. Anyway, they, they, they play, very slop badly in the first game, but they, they answered the bell. And, and they played kind of sloppy in the bubble for the most part. Their defense hasn't been nearly as good. Right, that's People right. We're starting to worry about them a little bit. 
Are they different? Can they flip the switch? Like the Lakers and the Clippers, you don't worry about. And we'll get to the Lakers in a minute. But, you know, you know they're going to flip the switch when they need to. LeBron's done this a few times, right? Yeah. He's been- uh, Milwaukee has not. And you still – we've talked about this. I worry about Milwaukee. Maybe not quite as much as you do because I still think ingrained – winning is ingrained in you and, and they've got that culture now. But I do worry about Eric Bledsoe at the point. You always do. And I love Chris Middleton, but I still look at Chris Middleton, watch Chris Middleton and say, all right, can he be the number two guy every – he's just so understated in everything he does um, that it's hard to – or easy, I guess, to overlook what Middleton does. And, and again, the question is, can he be that, that, that Robin um, yeah. to, to Giannis's Batman and – I don't know if I completely buy into it, Bob, but but I'll tell you what, in the East, I'm just saying like Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, now you're looking at Miami, there's not a lot of separation between those four teams. Well, speaking of Robin, that leads me to the Lopez brothers and and big and brother Brooke, who uh he stepped up. I, I, I forgive me, Lord, for using that phrase. I'm sorry, but he he played better. <laughs> uh in the first game, he had five and four. No, no, that's not that's not acceptable. Right. But he bounced back with twenty points, eight rebounds yesterday. He played much more his game. He's you know, he's got to you know, let's say they're not gonna go too far if he's not gonna play well. He doesn't have to be the best big man in the league, but he's got he's he's separate he's had one of the great transformations, you know, in this twentieth century. He's to me is the symbol of how the game has changed as much as anyone else. Because if you examine his record in the first six or seven years in the league, he took like one three. Yeah. One. And it was, I'm sure it was the end of a period, you know, or the end of the half or something, you know. <laughs> Somebody gave him the ball. and he beat the clock, you know. But, you know, you see where he's gone from there to the point where he, he – but his last year with the Nets, he took more threes than anybody on the team. <laughs> yeah, and, you, you just look at the – you know, are, are you a believer in the wake-up call or no? For some people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if what it was. I, I don't know if, if he needed that. Uh, those two guys have – the, the brothers have intrigued me, you know. About but the they're team all their, needing it. With, with, I'm yeah. talking oh, more the about team. the team overall. Yeah, I think, I think a sobering – yeah, I think when you lose that first game – look at Toronto last year. Right. You know, people were citing that as an example. Uh, right away, as soon as Milwaukee and, and the Lakers lost their first games, people were saying, well, you know, last year Toronto lost their first game too. Look what happened. All right, all right that's fine. But, um, yeah, I think – yeah, the answer to your question is – Pretty much, yes. I, I've seen it. I've lived with teams. Uh, I've lived with Celtic teams that have had all kinds of fluctuations uh, over the last 50 years, literally. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll buy it. Can even more even more this year, Bob. Like, oh, in yeah. a bubble. They it's, don't have their families around. It's probably – it's so unique and so different that uh, why are we surprised about anything that's going to happen in this playoffs? We shouldn't be. No, you're, you're playing for the home cutout advantage. That's about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the risk, by the way, there is – there you know, you get to decorate your – you know, you bring in your virtual fans, your music. Adam Himmelsbach had a good story in the Globe. I didn't – I hadn't really thought about it, you know, about the, the presentation, you know, game <laughs> presentation anymore. But, you know, you you get to pick how it goes, uh, you know, and, and so uh, Philadelphia, now that's going to be interesting, though, because this uh, t- team, it's blowing they up. were the most, you know, schizo team in the league this year. They were 29-2 at home, if I'm not mistaken, and, and very mediocre on the road. And now they're not going, they would, be, they would have been going back to home three, game three, which, by the way, uh, Brett Brown actually made an allusion to the other day and Did said, it? well, you know, and of course, they're not going back to home to game three. They're staying right where they are for game three. So 
you know, yeah, I think this is it for Brett Brown. And I, I feel yeah. bad for Brett. We've talked about him. We, yeah. we love him as, as a guy. We love yeah. him. And he Mayor, took over look. such a difficult circumstance with tanking. Like, people forget. People now forget what Brett Brown had to go with with Sam Hinkie and the tanking. Yeah. And, and, and it was hard because here, here's the part that I think was very difficult for, for Brett Brown is Joel Embiid's hurt when they draft him. He comes back. You've got to manage him, right? So you've got to allow him to do certain things in practice and not to practice that other guys aren't able to do. He, basically, you're allowing him to call his own shots when he practices, how he practices, because, frankly, you've got to manage his health. And, mm-hmm. and then Ben Simmons comes in and sees that it's kid gloves with Joel and Ben doesn't love that. And the other players probably don't love it either. And Joel's personality is polar opposite from Ben's. Ben's chill. He's mellow. He doesn't really say much. Joel's all about the flash, the fun, the talking trash, all of it. So they didn't go well. Ben, ben uh, Brett Brown didn't really know how to handle this. And how could you kind of reel it back in with Joel? You couldn't because, as you've <laughs> seen uh, over the years, managing personalities is really hard, especially in today's NBA. Well, I mean, that's so much to what coaching in all sports is about, particularly a, a sport as intimate as basketball, when you have those few people and, and certain people are so disproportionately important to the success of your team. And in this case, Joel Embiid is exhibit A because he's the most uh, – in a league where we have a, a, a plethora – I don't use that word that often but I, because people mostly misuse it – a plethora of talented big men, 20th century big men, most of them European, by the way, except – and he, of course, is from Africa. He's Cameroonian. But um, – uh, most of them not Americans born, I'll put it that way, seriously, uh, who uh, have a range of skill, face up, can do the whole thing. He is the most talented, the most talented, well-talented one of them all. Do you not believe of that yeah, group, I, of that ilk? I, think I would say Joel, Joel and AD to me would be. No, well, hey, but I'm saying of the, of the non-Americans. I'm putting AD oh, the non-Americans. You know, yeah, he, I mean. He's the most talented. Jokic. Yeah, Jokic is no, there. Jokic. But, Jokic. So, Vukovic, Vucevic, who, by the way, what a game he played the other day. I mean, uh, no, you're right. You can't Valencia. argue. It's all right. So, all right, I'm, I'm digressing, but, hey, what the hell? It's our show. So, what the hell? We can digress. But, yeah, he, he is a piece of work. I mean, he's a, he's a challenge. Well, we're talking about uh, managing team. Hey, go all the way back to Red, okay? Uh, Red, Bill Russell will tell you. And he he said it countless times. I would not have been the player that I was. I would have not have had the production and the career that I had in the NBA for a different coach. Yeah. Red Auerbach understood how to not handle. He read there now, but manage, as you said, to to right. to uh, adjust to Bill Russell's whims and, and moods and know how to play and get. And it's the same thing with all the other. He, he managed talent. And the same thing. The, the great common thread of Red Auerbach and Phil Jackson. Because, you know, Michael Jordan's uh, – you gotta, you got to know how to deal with him on a day-to-day basis, right? Well, Phil Jackson was the guy to figure that out. Okay, so Brett Brown's had this challenge from day one with this very talented young man. I would almost say eccentric. You know, who's, yeah. he, he, you can't keep him off social media. He, he, he has to do what he has to do. And then you got the next guy, as you said, that comes along, who's a totally different personality. And these are your two most important components. <laughs> Good, and and, and, Jeff, and here's, here's the other one, Bob. So – so you had those two. You brought in uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler and leaves. Paying, and paying him, by the way, which the others know. And <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm okay with that one, to be honest. I think I'm okay with Tobias because he can shoot it. He, he's fine as your four man. 
But then the mistake you made, Elton Brand, was bringing in Al Horford. And I never thought I'd say that. I never thought I'd oh, say that. Me neither. We love Al, but Al's – listen, Danny Ainge made the right move. Yes, he did. The right move. Al's, Al's on the backside of his career right now anyway, and you're bringing him in on a team where he didn't fit, other than in the locker room he fit. Yeah. But on the court, he doesn't fit with Joel, with Tobias, with, ben, with or without Ben Simmons. He just doesn't – they're all really good players individually. But the key is finding uh, – and Elton Brand, I'm surprised, but maybe Elton Brand looked at Al Horford and saw himself in the mirror a little bit <laughs> and said, like, I got to have Al Hortford because he reminds me a little bit of myself. But Hortford is at the back end of his career. They overpaid for him. And now they're really going to uh, feel it because they're hamstrung. What can you do? You, Hortford, you can't really salary dump him. What are you going to no. do? You're going to trade Simmons? You're going to trade Joel? I, I still say if, if Brett Brown is fired and I'm Elton Brand, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in my car. I'm gonna I'm gonna punch oh. in Jay Wright's home address. Going out the yes. I'm gonna go to his home address. Let's chip out the main line with a blank yeah. check. With a <laughs> blank check, Bob Ryan, and saying, Jay, what is it gonna take? Ten million? All right, ten million it is. Because I think Jay Wright is the one guy who could fix this, and maybe even fi- he's so good with people. Yeah. And that Brett is too. Brett's good with people, but but. It was already too late. It was too late by the time Brett, again, tried to reel this back in. Jay Wright could go in and I think have the best opportunity to put Ben Simmons and Joel in a room and at least get them on the same page, which would give you a chance. Now, again, your personnel is a little bit screwed up. You don't have enough shooters. Um, but but I don't know. I just And I don't know if Jay Wright would do it. The, the one difference I've said is Jay Wright the last couple times around has had had kids that were in high school and middle school. Now his kids are older. He's won two national titles now. Before this, Jay Wright was kind of fighting for his reputation. I mean, there was a point. There was a point where we thought Jay Wright might get fired before he'd win a national title. And he has been incredible. Everybody wants to be Villanova right now in college basketball. Not Duke, not Kentucky. They want to be Villanova. They want to have that program where it's high-character kids that are – predominantly uh, guys that you're going to develop, not necessarily recruit top 10, top 20 players. So I think Jay Wright is the guy to go after and, and make it so he cannot refuse that job. And, of course, another Ryan Goodman podcast guest, I must point out. Yes, that's right. Remember that day, a beautiful sun-splash day he was outside for us. Remember that? that we got to do that. We got yeah. to do um, one. You know what? We got to figure out a way. I don't know how we do it with social distancing, but we got to find a way maybe to do uh, do one outside here um, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll, right. we'll but, talk uh, about it. We'll but, talk. Uh, about it. It'll be interesting to me, uh, Jeff, to see how the Sixers react in, in this game three because the world, the basketball world, took strong note of the atrocious body language they just demonstrated in the second half of the second game. After that 14-point lead in the first period, the Celtics blitzed him by, what, 50 total, I think, at one point. And, and he was hanging his head. He, you know, Embiid. And, and it, you know, you wonder, has, has Brett Brown lost them? You know, was probably the words. You know, anyway, it, this is going to be interesting to see how they respond. I'm going to say how they win or lose, just how they respond uh, to this game three. Uh, it'll be interesting. That's- yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. The uh, the other big bounce back one was uh, the Lakers uh, coming back. It was all about AD. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'll, I'll play that if someone told you game. If someone told you that LeBron James was going to play, uh, I got the numbers here, was it 10-8-6 or something like that, and, and the Lakers were going to win with a relative ease, yeah, uh, you, you would say, I don't think so. But uh, uh, I, I, I said yesterday that Anthony Davis has got to go assert himself. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and he did. And we all know he, he may be the best talented person over 6'10 in the world and uh, overall. That was a performance they got to have. But I was also taking note uh, they, uh, that um, Frank Vogel, in the first, you know, he, he, got some, he got something out of J.R. Smith last night after a DNP, by the way, in game one. You he turned right him, buttons here with he gave him 11 points. Yeah. And, and he used waiters who played one minute in game one with another useless minute. But the other guy, the certainly people that can you, you can't count on that. You can't count on, on, on that. And, and nor do you think, can you count on Caldwell Pope who was 0 for nine in the first game going for 20 uh, again, you know, you can't yeah. count on that. Either. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're going to be lucky to get one or two of those guys, but that's all you need. If you're Frank, yeah. Bowen, you got to figure out. On a, if somebody can come through each night, alternate fine, you know, but, uh, Anyway, that, also they got a pretty good, they got a nice solid production from the five spot, if you will, or whatever that, whatever you want to call it, the the non perimeter spot uh, from the two big guys who gave you nineteen and thirteen combined, McGee and, and Howard. Because you know I'm I'm the president of the anti Howard fan club, but I'm but, with, uh, I'm the VP. If you're the president, <laughs> I'm the VP. Trust I'm me. The presidency. I'm t- I'm, I'm, I'm I think Can I, I can tell you. Can I tell you that Dwight Howard was extremely likable back in AU ball when he played with the Atlanta Celtics? I bet he was bubbly and enthusiastic, right? I bet he, I bet he No, said, he was quieter. Oh. He, I, I, something flipped with him in Orlando where it became all about attention. He was yeah. never like that back in high okay. school. He was kind yeah. of a mild-mannered, wow. quiet kid who had all the talent in the world, and, and he still did in the NBA, let's face it. But yeah. something, some switch – I don't know what happened in Orlando. I would Tell love me one to of those guys went down the road when because he, he's not going to if he goes to the Hall of Fame, I'll I'll, I'll leap my in bed. His, no, his numbers would probably suggest it, he I should. I know, and people, but if he doesn't and he shouldn't, in my mind, uh, the people will look at those numbers. Right, and, and future that's the problem. That's the problem. Daddy, how, yeah, look at this guy. How did he not come out? Why do we just look at numbers when it comes to the Hall of Fame? Why don't we also look at impact on winning oh. and some of the? I, I, well, you should. Yeah, and they, you know, but they don't. He's got yeah. rebound titles, defensive player of the year, right? Uh, titles, and yet you and I know, yeah, you know, you, look, look at the the disaster he was the first time around the Lakers, the disaster he was in Houston, you know, and 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 he's found himself. I give him said in his dotage now, he's found himself a home. I don't know who's you know, and 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 he may have a ring coming. Well, up. I said the only way. I said this ten years ago. The only way Dwight Howard ever gets a ring is if he plays with LeBron. I said this 10 years ago. Oh, good I was on Jim Rome's show, Jim Rome's TV ah. show for a week. And I'm telling you, those were my words. The only way he ever wins a title is if he plays with LeBron. And, well, and- I got a tweet hanging out there. I can't disavow it uh, that said something along the lines of, if we were playing, if Earth were playing for the you know championship of the universe and uh, he were the only center available, I'd go four on five. <laughs> Great. That's, so I can't run from that. I did say that. It's a, obviously hyperbole, but you get the point. Good. Sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball has already started. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. We got NBA that started now. 
Uh, NFL's not that far away. Uh, and as the sports uh, seasons start to return, Ben Online has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, Robert Ory, the seven-time NBA champ, and Harold Reynolds uh, from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it will be like uh, playing without fans in what they have called the, the fandemic. Uh, visit betonline.ag to, today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. There's a bunch of them. Uh, so bet online. Uh, make sure you go to it. You're online wagering experts. All right. So uh, the best series to me, maybe I'm crazy, but what, what's the series that if it's on, you're saying I can't miss that game in, in that series? What is it? Oh, it may be Dallas. and, and, and It has to be, Bob. Maybe. Okay. What do you mean? Luca, <laughs> right, Luca and Kawhi. That one, right? I was slowly backing into that one. It's Dallas and the Clips. You want to see the kid. You want to see the kid. You want to see how they react. You want, oh, yeah. yeah. The kid is so much damn fun to watch. Yeah. You know, not only because of what he can do, so many people are comparing him to Larry Bird these days, right? Because they're both white. Uh, they both don't look the part. They're both not super athletic. But, man, not, right. they're not, they they're, can make people artists. better. When they want to make people better, they can do that. And when they want to score the basketball, they can do it in a variety of ways. Luca's not the shooter Larry was, but he makes them enough, and he makes them oh, yeah. matter. No, he's uh, he's his own. You know, I always make the point. We always love these comparisons, and they're important to get a frame of reference for people right. when you're when you're trying to say, "Who's this guy like?" You know, I'm going to ask you when we get to the draft. You know, about people because you know things these guys and I don't. And but the point is, but ultimately. It's like the snowflake analogy is about every great player in any sport, you know, uh, and, and, and basketball is exhibit A. It, everyone has got a little something special about, you know, different about themselves, you know. And, and, and so, but anyway, you, there's frames of references. There's close analogies, sure. And you're right. There's no every reason to, to suggest uh, that, uh, that there's a bird-like quality to his game, you know. So You know why? Ultimately, I'll, I'll that. Bob, the reason I think there's a comparison between those two, beyond the fact that they're both white and not extremely yeah. athletic, nine, yeah. is their feel. Their feel for the game. That, that's number one thing is their feel for the game is both insane. And, and the other part that I like, Luca, that Larry had some of it, but not as much as Luca. You can just tell that Luca loves playing, like on his face. Mm-hmm. You can see it. He's smiling. He's joking. Larry wasn't as. No, I wasn't part of that. No, Larry. When the game, Larry had a game face. Right. Larry had a game attitude. In fact, that's what drove Larry crazy occasionally about Kevin and Mikhail. Was that Kevin could be laughing and joking up to the opening tip, and when Larry <laughs> entered the locker room, uh, it was business. Yeah. You know, and 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 to People the end of the different. game, People have different ways of. Right. of- of doing it. I, I don't like how people get on other guys about that. Like, well, I'm, I'm all business and, and I got my game face. So you should have your game. No, like everybody's different in how they, they, they get motivated and stay motivated through a game. And I, I love watching Luca for that, Bob. I love watching him because it is clear he loves the game and, and you see it outwardly. Uh, I, I want to talk about their first game. How, I, uh, what was your take on the Przingis ejection? Yeah, I mean, listen, I thought it was unfair. I, I wouldn't have done it. But, again, he put himself in a spot. He put himself in a position. Just two things. On, on the initial uh, technical was nonsense. So he's yeah, got yeah. one that he sh- never should have had. Right. And the second one, a better ref knows to walk. Yes. To, to, 
hundred percent. And that, it, it, it's not, you got to know, I'm sorry. Don't tell me, I don't want to hear about, you don't referee the score. You don't referee. You should know damn right. Well, the circumstance that you're in that referee, and I don't know the new referees. I'm not I even know which one it was that referees. Uh, I think he should be reprimanded that he should be reprimanded in his own office. That's not, that wasn't the okay. Yes. I know Porzingis should not have gone in there, but it wasn't that egregious either. It was the playoffs, Bob. It's the there should be different rules in the playoffs. I know some people would argue with us on that. Sure, well, but there should be a, a longer. They could argue, leash. and they would be wrong. And I'm right. sorry, yeah. longer <laughs> leash in the playoffs ultimately. And, so anyway, right. anyway, that was. Uh, do you was, give Dallas a shot here? Do, you, do you, they win one more game? Do you think? And, and it, yeah, it's four two. I, I still, I still would. Have, I'm, I find it hard. I, my money's still in. Got to be on the Clips. But yeah. Paul George has got to play better than he did in that game, and he will. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll be doing some soul searching, you know, after game two. I don't know if any of these these series is now come down to like a seventh game where we're one. I mean, Denver, Utah, maybe. Is yeah, that that's definitely a possibility. That's a that's one. They're evenly matched, I mean, and and even well, what's what's the Miami? Miami here? Uh, Whoa, two old Miami. Yeah, two old Miami. Well, that could change, but when when Indiana gets back, oh no, they're not going back home. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they don't have Sabonis. That's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, if they got Sabonis back, maybe. But yeah, you're right. Utah, Denver, and and you know Utah got the, they're going to get Conley back right now. Next one, presumably, is it the next one? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah he'll be back. They're going to yep. have Conley back, and um, that that one, of course, I, I I'm always got my eye on Denver because I'm a I'm a I'm a new member, and I just sent my my membership card, uh, my my dues back in the Jokic fan club. You know, oh, so you love that, you love uh, him. that fan club, and so uh, you know, I always want to see them play too. And there's a lot of people that you you know clearly that that you want to that, that we want to see. One thing I want to ask you to talk about though is you know uh, rearing its ugly head and messing things up for me because I hate what I call loose ends and the injury thing. You know, first it was Hayward, yep. and can this guy ever catch a break? What what karma? What who did he piss off upstairs in the basketball gods? Did, this is a nice man. This is a good human being. What did he do to deserve this? Uh, it over and over God. and over. Now he's out a month with a sprained ankle. And, yeah, and, I mean, and come on, add man. to that, he's going to have to leave for the birth of of. His and he was going to be going on anyway. Right. So I mean, I that to me. Uh, my enthusiasm, my enthusiasm is there, but my real, my hopes for the Celtics, I've ratcheted it down. Yeah, they'll still get by on Philly, I think. And yep. then after that, whatever happens, happens. I'm no longer, you know, having a distant hold of the finals. No, I don't think so. But, you know, you never know because we're going to talk about Tatum in a while. But but um, anyway, that and then, of course, hey, Lillard last night. And, and you know, uh, now it wasn't his shooting hand, but right. still, you got to catch the ball. You got to have, you got to be able to play. Jesus. It changes up here. Of course, you that's what I'm you're, you're in the back of your mind. All, are you worried about how I'm going to react to this? You don't yep. want to. I'm defense now. Is he going to want to? Yeah, he says I'm going to play. I'm going to play. play. Now, play. I don't know the extent of it. Now, I do know we bird. This happened to Bird on on a couple of occasions. The yep. finger thing, and you know, and he was able to to tape him up, and you know, and of course, the greatest example of mind over matter I have ever seen in this regard with this particular nature of injury was Bernard King in 1984 in that the greatest five game series that I ever saw and maybe the NBA has ever had and with with her incredible stuff between the Pistons and the Knicks and Bernard King averaged 40 four zero points a game in those five games with its two dislocated green <laughs> fingers that were taped together to his middle finger and that's how he shot the basketball to score 40 points a game in the NBA playoffs 
<laughs> Bernard, <laughs> people don't realize how, how prolific Bernard yeah. King was as a student. Right, and you know, we got, we got some nice and the youngins listening to us who are, are going uh, go watch who, who watch Bernard name? King tape yeah, go go YouTube go get on YouTube and we're done and go look up Bernard King for you, you know, all right let's take a, a quick break Bob and then we're going to get to uh, our top ten players is Jason Tatum deserving of a spot in the top ten but first uh, this episode is sponsored by Score Metrics Sports Trading System you've heard of Saber Metrics the analytic model that propelled the impossible Oakland A's to be a competitive team in the early 2000s, now meet score metrics, a system that legendary sports better John Tadori used to propel himself into a million, multi-million dollar lifestyle in record time. Score metrics supplies millions of relevant data points with John's customary uh, proprietary analytic models to accurately pinpoint winning profit opportunities in the betting markets. So get this. Just last year in the uh, Major League Baseball season, score metrics produced a 217% gain. Uh, that's insane. And the back-tested results of the members-only alert system, based purely off the score metrics method, have a staggering 6,796% compounded ROI over the last four years. It's as easy as following along on your favorite betting app. So now, for the first time ever, John is opening up access to score metrics to the public. To get access and start placing high-probability bets today, visit sportstradingsystems.com backslash podcast. That's sportstradingsystems.com backslash podcast. All right, Bob, here's the deal. I asked you for this before, and then we're going to get to a little bit of draft lottery. So we're going to try to bank through this in in five minutes (laughs) of of our top ten players because I tweeted the other day that I would put Jason Tatum right now at 10th in the NBA number 10 I think he's cracked the top 10 and I think in two or three years I think we're going to be talking about Jason Tatum as a top five player in the NBA well, I, I really the, do as the lead ages out that could be now again I, I know I'm president of the fan club I get it maybe I'm not completely objective when it comes to <laughs> Jason Tatum I will admit that it's as a, well. We all have those. We all have our soft right. spots. That's, that's him yeah, for that's me. That's part of being a fan. That, you, hey, because we're fans first. We're always fans first, and I always will be. And, and so, obviously, you, you're not a completely objective. You know, that's right. I always right. say so, it's, not, it's not about objectivity. It's about fairness. All right. So, start, we start out uh, all right. one. Who's Still one? the king. I'm Still staying king. with the king. 100%. LeBron's one. Can't argue with you. Number two. Giannis or Kawhi? I'm going Giannis. Okay, two. You, splitting hairs. Kawhi's three, so we're on the same page already. Splitting hairs. Four, Kevin the Durant. Kid. Kevin Durant? No, the kid. Ooh, you're going Luka over KD? I'm going to him over a few people. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. I'm going KD four. Okay. Five, Hadden. Yeah, I got Harden a little, little less because I'm I don't think he's his, but I trade. Ignore the results. Yep. He's in. He's in the top right. eight, eight, no matter what. I six. think there's eight clear. Six AD. Six AD. I got him at six as well. Yep. Seven Durant now, just because he's a little yep. older. I got him at four, but I, I got no problem. Eight. Don't forget Curry. Yep, I got him too. I got him too. Those are your top eight. I think they're clear. Top eight. You agree? And then there's a, and there's a little uh, bit yeah, of a gap. Well, you can make a case because my guy at nine might have passed eight by this. So that's Lillard. Yeah, I got him at nine too. 
I got him at nine. I got, I, and then um, you, you okay. sold me on Tatum. I got – this list is ridiculous. We're the same – I got Tatum at 10. And that what, what I do have here is the next six that I you know that I would overlook. Who are they? All right, so well, let's see if we have the same six in that next two. I have, a, I have in parentheses Zion. Jokic. You have Jokic. I got parentheses Zion. Parentheses being – I didn't even put him in there. Not ready yet, but yep. – yeah, all right. Well, I'm thinking five years. All right. Yep. I got Embiid with an asterisk, which Me is – Me too. Me too. Kukelberg. Yep. I got Westbrook. Yep. Me too. Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Me too. Devin Booker. Me too. And Jokic. And then I added two more to that okay. group. Paul George and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I got, oh, they were definitely in my big list. Yeah. And I, I and you, they each probably deserve to be ahead of both Booker, uh, Booker Mitchell and Jokic, but uh, I, I would get, but well, I think we're thinking on the same same I mean, like Tatum, you can make a case he's ten. I'm not saying he's he's clearly ten. No. I'm saying he's in that next tier, and you could easily put him above some of those other guys because, again, Embiid probably more talented, but but Jason comes to play. Listen, I'm going to give you a couple numbers. All right, here here's some numbers for you on yep. Tatum. Take away the first game in the bubble, first game. Yeah, oh yeah, two one for two for eighteen. One of which was tipped in by the other team. <laughs> the last twenty three games. Jason Tatum has played. He's averaging 27.8 points a game. He's averaging uh, he's three and a half assists a game, which I still think that's a number we got to watch because I think it's going to eventually be where, where he's averaging more than four, you know, four and a half assists a game as he gets more comfortable yeah. Yeah. Uh, in his role. Shooting, look, look at this, 88 of 189 from three, 47% from three over those 23 games. 28 yeah. points a game shooting 47% from three. I mean, those numbers are insane, especially on a team that has four dudes that can all play. We have seen these games often that people, you know, obviously, and if you're living in Pocatello, you may not see the game, uh, to know the, the nature of the clutch performances that are included in those games for him too, that, that he's inherited the role of, 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 you know, rising to the occasion kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, well, those are very, very important. You know, remember – his rookie year, he started off leading the league in field goal, uh, three-point three percentage for a couple months. And then he had a regression last year. Yeah. He did. He had a regression. Made fun of him. How I much mean, was that? Was Kyrie-oriented? I mean, some. I think some. Uh, I don't know how much, but, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to put make demonize Kyrie, but there was a negative effect. I don't think anybody can argue that. Bob Ryan, I will tell you the two players who deserve a ton of credit for Jason Tatum's uh, continued progression are Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward. Okay. Because, because they are both comfortable enough, have enough comfortability in themselves mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know what? I'm, we're going to let Jason and Jalen Brown push them forward instead yeah. of holding them back, which is what I felt like Kyrie Irving was trying to do. Kyrie's all about himself. He needed the attention. Kemba doesn't give a shit. Gordon doesn't give a shit. They, they just want to win. They don't really want – they're not attention guys. They oh, no. actually would rather after, you know, in, in a post game, they'd rather get dressed and get the hell out of there while Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing the interviews. Yeah, so I, guess. I, I I honestly think it's like these guys get it and, and, and they're, they're positive with, with Tatum and Jalen and saying if they miss a big shot, we need you to keep taking that shot. And I think – honestly, I think Jason Tatum's confidence, a lot of it, 
comes from Kemba and, and Gordon now. That's interesting. Well, I'm, I'm good. Well, I know that Kemba's, we know that he's had an effect, a positive day-to-day, you know, uh, feel, uh, positive atmosphere uh, effect on the team. And, and there's no, been no question about it. You know, out of context, yeah, Kyrie Irving's an incredibly talented player, but, but uh, you know, this guy's been better for this team. So isn't it amazing? Which, by the way, I can't. I'm I'm really curious about the Nets next year because I want to because they have something good going right now with this group. You know, they got this. You you, got got. I'm going to salute Kenny Atkinson and the Net Nets and and all those guys. Damn it, we laughed at you going into the bubble, right? They had nobody. Kenny Atkinson remembers God. Kenny Atkinson helped build this thing. Shock bonus. Shock bonus. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Right. But Kenny. Or Kenny Atkinson. He's 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 unemployed right now. Surface, right? Or he's has if I'm Chicago, yeah. If I'm the Bulls, I'm hiring Kenny Atkinson today. <laughs> today, I, I think he's a guy that that proved it. And again, I think he's good with some of those younger players that Chicago has right now. Um, whether it's Wendell Carter, uh, Larry Markinen, um, Zach Levine, I, I think Kenny Atkinson's a guy that could that could really help that franchise. All right, but back then, but it's anyway. Next, next year, when KD and, and Irving come with these groups, we'll see how that blend is because right. these kids have done it. You know, but I'm a, they they are, they're a nice story. They they ended very well. Okay, um, we had a, a, a the weirdest NBA draft lottery since they instituted it in 1985. Yeah. I was attended in attendance at the first one. Were you really? I was there in New York. Uh, and, and I didn't see anything funky about the envelope. I mean, I wasn't thinking in conspiratorial terms. What I most remember is the joy of Dave DeBusher, though, really? when they when he was it was revealed that they got number one. And it was when I, it was one of those, as I recall, you know. And I love Dave DeBusher anyway. My all-time favorite guys that I ever covered in the NBA, the late Dave DeBusher. Anyway, so I've been there and I've been to the draft lotteries in, in Jersey, you know, and in the draft lottery uh, all over. But that watching that thing just zip, 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 zip. And then what do they expect the guys to do when they put the camera on them? And a couple of them, after about three seconds, you know, the, the representatives, when the, after the selections were made, they gave a little, a little Mona Lisa grin. Like, I guess I got to do something. I got to show some kind of emotion to acknowledge. You know, I'm looking like a – anyway, I'm throwing it up to you now. Your take on, you know, the top half a dozen uh, as an unfold. Right through down to the Knicks, who, by the way, just – they can't get this lottery thing straight ever since 1985. <laughs> anyway. Minnesota number one. If you're, how excited should they be? Not very, not very. I mean, like I wish they had a camera on Gerson Rosas, who, who's <laughs> going to make the pick for Minnesota. I, you know, D'Angelo Russell, like you said, it's like as a player, these players aren't getting overly excited about whether they're going to get LaMelo Ball or Anthony <laughs> Edwards or James Wiseman. But I would have liked to have had side-by-side last year David Griffin's reaction when they got Zion. They got the number one pick in New Orleans. Yeah. And this year, yeah. when, when Gerson Rosas gets the number one pick <laughs> in Minnesota, because I honestly think this it's not going to cost Gerson Rosas his job. He just got the job in Minnesota. But its it, I'm telling you, it's going to be hard to win with this pick. It's going to be hard to win because there's no clear number one. We've talked about this a little bit before. Um, it's kind of eye in, in the beauty you know, of the beholder here. But ultimately – they can't take James Wiseman. He's the guy that most NBA GMs would take when yeah. I talk to him. They can't take him. They already have kind of a, a, a big man who, yeah. Towns, who's got some questions about his, his motor and yeah. his toughness. 
And you cannot pair James Wiseman with Carl Anthony Towns. You just can't do it. So to me, he's off the board if you're going to keep that pick. Okay. Would that be a trade possibility though? Because somebody would want to get Towns down the road, down there. Wiseman and, and, or what? Oh, I mean, oh I mean, Towns. I mean, Wiseman. So in other words, can you know? Yeah, that, that's I, the possibility, right? I don't think anybody's going to love James Wiseman enough to give enough. Uh, to move up. And I've said that. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of moving around like people envision with this. I was just going out there, uh, Jeff, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. I don't see it. Uh, I think they're going to have to pick between LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards, yeah. two guys that, that have some red flags to them. I would go with LaMelo Ball. And I know people think I'm crazy when, when I, I say, Hey, few people have seen him. You you got a frame of reference. A few people have. I do. I do. Seriously, He's, I mean, people. It's so yeah. long, Bob. I was watching some stuff. There was a, a an article my my daughter saw it yesterday in the, on ESPN um, on Lamelo, yeah. and I guess they had a video too, and there was a lot of of stuff for me on, on that from being back with him in Lithuania, and and I have. I've been around him. I was around him a lot in his in his you know sixteen year old that frame 16, you know, 15, 16, 17, saw him a ton. And listen, the one thing I will say is he is blessed with incredible court vision and passing ability. Incredible. Like highest end Lonzo similar, but they're, they're very different how they pass it, but they see things the same way. Now the problem with the is again, he hasn't been coached and he's developed a lot of bad habits whether it's on the defensive end, whether it's uh, throwing the ball all over the gym, whether it's not taking the game as seriously as he should. So going to Minnesota and playing with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, is that going to help his development and impact winning? Because he's going to put up his numbers. Now, he only shot about 28% from three. But the other guy we're talking about in the equation for the number one pick, Anthony Edwards, shot 29% from three, <laughs> and lost a shitload of games at Georgia. Didn't impact winning at all. No. So, I, you know, listen, if I was Gerson Rosas, I'm a small market team, I would roll the dice on LaMelo because he is a six-seven point guard who can make people better. And what he'll do, he'll bring people into the seats. He'll bring people into the seats. Like, people will pay attention. They want to watch LaMelo because he, he will shoot it from 40 feet. He'll – There'll be some, like, Trey Young to his game, if that makes sense. Mm, all right, I'm trying to picture it, yeah. No, all right, yeah. He's, not a, he's not as good a shooter as Trey Young. He's not. Trey Young's a really good shooter. Oh, he's an excellent shooter, yeah. But, but LaMelo can make a few. He's got this kind of weird shot. Well, I guess it's, it's just the ball, brother. Right. Release. Right. Bad mechanics. Bad. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, look at, look at Lonzo. I mean, so, okay, all right. I mean, I'm – I have never gone into a draft with more ignorance, you know, yeah. this year than ever. I mean, because we had the college season was truncated. We didn't get to see the finish of the final of the, of the March Madness. We often learn about guys and actually went up seeing them multiple times. You know, I mean, I, I try to do my, I love college basketball. I have my whole life. I watch games, but I'm, I'm I don't have a, yeah. any, any feel for this draft. Uh, I've never gone in with more ignorance. Do you know anything about the Israeli forward? Yeah. Yeah. Denny, Denny's really good, but, I talked to an NBA GM yesterday about him and they said, you know, he's a guy that, that is going to be a good piece, but mm-hmm. they don't think he can jump into the top three. They think he's in that next tier with uh, an OB Toppin, 
with an Onyeka uh, Kongwu, who's a big, strong kid coming out of USC, who actually grew up in Chino Hills with the Ball Brothers. They grew oh, up okay. together. Wow. And uh, he stayed at Chino Hills, obviously. Um, Lamella was pulled out of school at Chino Hills. I, I was watching that. I did an interview <laughs> in Lithuania with, with um, Lamello, and I, I had asked him. That was when he had – obviously, that was school was over at that point. I said, what's it like? I asked him, I said, what's it like to, to be done with school now? And he looked at me, and he paused, and he smiled, and then he said, it's a dream come true. <laughs> and uh, I, I just – I don't even think I knew how to react to that answer, Bob. <laughs> I said, well, what about, you know, the, the people that would say, like, you need education? And he responded then with, well, I agree with that if you want to be a doctor. But if you want to be an athlete, I don't think you need education. Yeah, well. He was 16. So I'm giving, I know, him, I'm giving him the benefit at 16. I can't old. quite imagine tearing up the knee and, and you know, going out right. and have to find a job. You know, yeah. I know. I understand now. That, that's, Danny, that's a story as, as old as the ages. So we all know that, you know. Yes. Danny, Danny is a talented kid who played for Maccabi Tel Aviv, who is uh, kind of a a point forward type, I guess I would say. He can make plays for others. He, he's, a, he's a good athlete. The, the problem with a lot of these kids, to be honest, in the top that I think are going to go in the top six or so is a lot of them aren't great shooters. Okay. Anthony Edwards, not a great shooter. LaMelo, not a great shooter. Um, Isaac Okoro who I think Cleveland should look at at number five out of Auburn, a terrific mm-hmm. defender, Bob, terrific defender, not a great shooter. Um, James Wiseman, even, not a great shooter as a big man. Now, we've talked a little bit about Wiseman. His frame, how he runs the court, you will look at him and say, like, David Robinson. Now, he can't score like David Robinson, and he can't dominate in the defensive end like David Robinson. Not many could. But when you look at him, he's 7-1. He's got that, like, that frame to him and he can really run the court. Um, the big question mark with him. And I think golden state is the perfect spot for him. If golden state can't trade it. Now, Bob, they've got a uh, $70 million trade exception that they can move for a veteran. So they could move that number two pick and take on a salary of say, Aaron Gordon is the name that I've heard. Ooh. So if you could ever turn that, into Aaron Gordon somehow, or, you know, I've heard like a Rudy Gay, a veteran that, that, that somebody's looking to get off the books right now. Yeah. Uh, but Aaron Gordon, man, imagine oh. him in Golden State right now. He gets my heart racing, that guy sometimes, you know. Right, because he's oh. such a freak athlete. He'd be perfect. Yeah. But even a Rudy Gay would help them because what do they need right now? They need another maybe veteran coming off the bench in that second unit that can yeah. help. Wiseman. Oh will help them, would help Golden State. And if I'm Bob Myers and I can't move it, I would take Wiseman. Cause I, I, by the way, I thought that that's where right. – he, he can give you 15 minutes a game. The only coach thought I was able to – No, and you're right. You're right about Right that. away I looked at it and said, well, there's, there's a great spot for Wiseman. Uh, and we know that – you know, right away you know Minnesota is not taking Wiseman. Unless, as I said, unless there's some kind of – somebody's lust for him and they can trade it. But I don't know, you know. But, I don't uh, think so. I don't trade so. down, and you know, I don't. I'm not. I don't know. You don't, but you don't know. Maybe someone does lust for him. You know that. That's a. I'm just throwing it out there. You don't know. I mean, we don't know. But, but, uh, but it, 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 it's. Uh, the draft is good in the middle, Bob. The draft is pretty good from ten to like eighteen. So if, no, if you're no. a Celtics fan and you're listening to us, and you got fourteen, I got fourteen. I think they can get a guy that help. I have them taking um, at fourteen. Who did I have them taking? Uh, 
trying to think of who I had him. Hmm. I don't remember off the top. Uh, oh, got- Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay of Villanova. Oh, okay. Who's well, just a, a multi, you know, what is Danny like more than anything right now? Versatile, multi-dimensional forwards. And that's yeah, what right. Sadiq Bay is. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, now the other thing that, that we both have talked about ad nauseum that they could use is somebody coming off the bench that can score the basketball, right? That can absolutely. I don't know if they're going to get that. You know, listen, Devin Vassell is is a three and D type kid coming out of Florida State. Maybe they could get him at that point. I'm trying to think of other guys. Aaron Neesmith is a big. He shot about fifty percent from Vandy last year. He's got size and he can shoot it. So maybe you just get a guy like that that at least is a floor spacer. Because if you put him out in the court, think about it. If you can put a guy like that on the court who's money from three with uh, uh, Tatum, you know, yeah. listen, is there any chance at some point you would play small ball, ultimate small ball, and, and throw Jason Tatum at the five, Jalen Brown at the four, um, or, or Hayward at the four, however you want to do it. Well, Tatum. In situations, sure. And, and Brad, I think, is the kind of coach and no trouble with that. And, and, you know, I mean, the way the league has evolved now, has, has evolved now? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I can easily see that uh, happening. So but You need uh, a big-time shooter, I think, on this team. You need somebody that's either a scorer and, and can put it on the floor or at, at the very least get somebody that, that, that is going to make shots and has size. Given up on Carson paper. Edwards? Yeah, I, I just – I think Carson Edwards is honestly a guy that, that probably is a – uh, you know, third tier type guy. You always know. have that eight game, eight three point shot exhibition game. <laughs> oh, I remember it well because you, you, you wouldn't minutes. let me forget it. You wouldn't yeah, let me forget it. Five minutes, so always have that. Oh boy. Well, so, yeah, I, I think this draft again, the the the, the big uh, takeaway and, and the big um, kind of mantra of this draft is nobody's really the clear cut number one. No. Number, that that's the first thing of it and number two is going to be again there's not much disparity really from one to 15 but but even more so from like you know seven to 15 you can throw these guys in a hat that's usually the case but uh, before we exit I w- think I want to just have something to say about that despicable awesome uh, Masai Ujiri incident oh, after the final game last year and and you know, what this all tells us is that there was a ignorant guard who could not get it in his head for five seconds that this African-American gentleman reaching for his credential was the, who we said he was. It just wasn't even you – know, this, this is so much speaking to the times, right? It's as simple as that. It's and, uh, you know, the, uh, when I heard, first heard about it, you know, you know Messiah Jury wasn't in, 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 initiating uh, anything. He's like the nicest guy. I don't know if you've met him, Bob. No, I haven't. He is an so... incredible human being. Like, I saw him last year down at uh, – I was in a game at Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And, and he was there, and he came right up to me. And I don't know him that well. But, man, he is like – you talk to anybody within the NBA, one of the nicest people you well, will I hope to be around. I just want this adjudicated yeah. in his fashion as quickly as and as definitively as possible, and 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 hope this is uh, uh, gets to be an incident that people become aware of uh, uh, because it, it it just so speaks to the times. But uh, and what people know what we're talking about. He was trying to rush get to the court after his team won, 
and you know he's happened he happens to be an african american or an african you know he's a dark-skinned human being I'll put it that way and this uh, the, the guard stopped him he said well i got my credential and the, and he was roughed up apparently i, I you know but manhandled yeah. uh, you know before he, well, he was trying to reach for his credential uh, it's beyond it's, i don't get it i don't get it but some of these i, I will say I've had my run-ins with, with, with some of these guys, the ushers at Madison Square Garden. Some are awesome. Like, some of those guys at Madison Square Garden are incredible. And then other ones, like, they'll have you go a certain way. You could get from point A to point B. It might be 10 feet away, but you can't go straight across. You've got to go all the way up and around, and they can't comprehend that, like, just let you go. Like, what, what's the big and, – and, like, they're literally ready to kick me out of there. Um, so I will say, yes, it might be a black white thing. Um, but also I've, I've, I've had my share of encounters with some of these ushers that just don't, I don't know, but that, that was different. I mean, again, he had his his credential, right? I mean, well, I know it's it. So, um, I'm, I'm glad this is, I want it straightened out. Yeah. And people clearly understand that Messiah Jerry was the victim, not the perpetrator. No doubt. What do you What do you got on tap for for the weekend, Bob? Uh, good. Beach day today. Yeah. Beach day. Where, where's beach? What, what beach? Uh, we're going to go to uh, Hull, Mass. Okay. Hull and uh, uh, and and um, if anybody's wondering, I have a a friend parking place. I'm not taking an illegal parking place in, in Hull, Mass. <laughs> You got to, I mean, hey, people say, hey, well, you're not a resident. How are you going to, well, I, I, I have a place. It's not, it's, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, no, and um, uh, let's, you know, watch That's, some games. Hey, I got watch games. hey SBF, we got, SBF 50, 30, what do, what do we use? Oh, whatever we got. I go, I need a pretty, I don't I know. You're a little, you know. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I got good recessive Mediterranean gene. I, I, I somehow, in my, even though I'm a oh, thoroughbred Irishman, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too pale. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, and also, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. Seriously, um, uh, three o'clock on Sunday is the uh, Champions League final, and uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'm an event fan, and I, and I know this, and I've watched the European Championship before, and uh, I know the stakes here. With Paris Saint Germain, have spent about a trillion dollars to put this team together, and they're looking for results against fabled Bayern Munich. It's a great matchup. And so uh, uh, I, I may sneak and, and the great thing about soccer, it's over in two hours. That is nice. Now, that is and, nice. And, the, and the playoffs, you know, yeah, you, you do have an overtime and then you invite to get yeah. the, you know, but uh, the, the odds are by five o'clock, it'll be over. <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of all the bas- basketball, all the hockey, all the baseball, but this is a, something I, I'm, I'm curious about. So I'm planning on watching that game. I, I did. I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago. Set up a uh, golf lesson with ah, James, yes. James guy. So we did that. My daughter and I went down and, and okay. took the lesson the other day in uh, Natick, Massachusetts. A uh, guy named Danny who was who was good. I had never. I played golf maybe fifteen, twenty times in my life. Uh-huh. Never gotten a lesson, whatever. So he he, he kind of showed me a few things. And uh, so we'll probably hit the range. That's good. I'll, I'll try to take my daughter to the, the driving range maybe tomorrow and, and see if any of his tips uh, help me. <laughs> I actually got out there last Monday at the New England Sports Museum annual um, charity golf. I uh, was that? Uh, Andover Country Club. I'll tell you what, I've done it about eight or nine years. And the people you play with are always wonderful. There's no question. 
but this was the best group of guys that I've ever played with. Uh, I want to salute them. Uh, who do they put uh, you with, Bob, for something like that? Who do they, they just throw you randomly? No, just guys that, uh, you know, who pay good money, whatever they pay to do it. Uh, we had, uh, uh, you know, we guys with different walks of life, including a Worcester fireman, a, a Dave, who could hit the ball pretty good distance. And good thing, I, I always tell people when we start, don't expect anything out of me, although I may have a putt or two in me. You, I'm not going to be, you know, you're carrying me. Right. You know, and then, you know, but I had a great time. But this was a great group of guys, and I really enjoyed it. So I had a, I had a good time. So it whetted my appetite to get out there a few more times before, you know, during this year. So I will. Well, we got football not too far away, Robert. Oh my, so. I know. Well, I can always live. You know, if we stop, always I've said a hundred times. I, mean, I appreciate it. I've lived with it my whole life. But if they stop playing in the next five minutes, it wouldn't bother me. I can live without football. I mean, I, I can factor it into my life and very nicely. And I'm happy we had the Patriots. It's be fun though, Bob. We're gonna have soon here. We're gonna have uh, NBA, NHL playoffs, oh, yeah, yeah. and and football. Like it's gonna be a, a, a cool. And oh, baseball. it's crazy. And I mean, right now, though, so every, it's weird watching basketball. You know, oh, yeah, we're going to have football thrown in the mix. I've been watching the Bruins games. I watched the, the, the whole Bruins, four to five games I saw on their conquest of the Hurricanes. And and um, so, yeah, this is, you My know, poor daughter, know. Bob. My daughter is the biggest Andrei Spetsnikov fan. Oh, like, oh, you know. Really? He huh? Yeah, yeah he I know hurt. the best to play. I know. I know the play. You don't want to mess with Chara. That's one guy you just don't want to mess with. No, I know it. I saw that play. But anyway, uh, this – and the thing is that with these games going on, if it's a nice day, I hate the idea oh. of going inside. You want to take advantage. You live in our climate, Jeff. You want to take advantage of these of, of the good days because you know you know you're not too too far away from you know right. from the, the other flip side, right? So that's no, the we other needed thing. this in the winter. We needed we needed yeah. eight time games in the winter. So we wouldn't feel so bad so about sitting I'm in about those people on the West Coast are they're getting playoff games at ten in the morning. Ten nice. thirty in the morning again. Oh, it's phenomenal! <laughs> think about if you're a kid. If you're a kid, think about these days. And again, like it is hard because you know we want to be outside here. We only get a a four or five month window right. out here where where we get the sun, we get eighty degrees. So you got to take advantage of it. So yeah, I I can't sit home all day watching four games in in NBA and four games in NHL. But no. we'll we'll be down to we'll be down to two games a day in each sport. Yeah, very good. Well, all right. So I'm sure there'll be plenty more interesting things to talk about when we next convene. There you go. Have a good weekend. Okay, Jeff. We'll talk soon.